Okay. What's up, people? <laughs> Slash Kalen. <laughs> well, what's up with you, Cam? Uh, nothing much. Just we're recording on an evening, Wednesday yes. evening today, and having a beer, yeah. which is not usually what I'm doing at our Sunday morning <laughs> recording <laughs> sessions. But maybe we should try it. Like, I don't know. It could make it a little more spunky. I'm not certain. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll test it out. A, B, test it. Okay, perfect. Well, I think yeah. we have a lot of A testing done, so we'll just really need to do the B testing. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> we've B definitely done a lot beer. of not drinking beer during our podcast, so now's time yeah. for the B test. Well, this is kind of like a start, so. Perfect, perfect. I'll make sure to bring mine next time. Yeah. But anyways, I haven't, I haven't seen you or talked to you in a little bit, and I, I know you went on vacation, but I don't know what else has really been going on with you. Yeah, we, I guess vacation is like, you know, a weird word to hear these days. Um, and it was weird to do too, because we kind of like drove to Ottawa and kind of it's in the middle of a pandemic still. And, uh, but it was nice to like spend some time with family and, yeah. uh, you know, we tried to be careful by like wearing masks where we went and, you know. We did sit on a couple of patios uh, because they were opening up as we went there. But, you know, there was a lot of, uh, yeah, there was a lot of businesses taking it pretty seriously. Yeah. But even so, like, you know, after all this, you get home and you're like, ah, I hope everything is like just okay from doing yeah, that. Yeah, I hear you. It's yeah. so stressful, relaxing. <laughs> yeah. So like somewhat relaxing, but unfortunately like public encounters can be a little bit stressful regardless of where you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but yeah, it, all that said, like we got to hang out and like see, see my dad and sister and stepmom and, and, um, and just like hang out with family for, for a couple of days and, um, or for, for quite some time, like a week basically. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was nice. But I also had some contract work that I had to finish up right. uh, because of this deadline that was uh, looming. And so that was a bit of a weird thing to juggle. Like, Got it. I had to kind of like take a couple of days off and then we went to, um, you know, just kind of do our own thing and then get back into it. But I also d didn't have my desk set up and everything. Right. So you're kind of like working on a like, table at your parents house <laughs> and like <laughs> you know it wasn't like necessarily the ideal setup for actually like getting focus work done but yeah that's um, fair so how did that how did that go the whole contract that you were working on your i think it was coming to a close the last time we were speaking yeah it yeah pretty much like we were we got it over the finish line by the deadline in terms of like being production ready there are still mm -hmm. some things that we'd like to clean up but um at the same time you know, budget and finances are like, I guess they just dictate like what, how much we'll be able to get done. So I've been doing a couple of small things here and there to kind of um, keep it moving. But like many projects, uh, it went a little bit over time. And so, you know, ends up costing a bit more yeah. money. So, but yeah, overall it was just, you know, I, I'm, I still love like doing the contract, uh, like, short contracts or like project-based work it, it's so much more flexible but also you know it was like canada day and i'm like doing work most of the day when i thought i would be done 
early and be able to celebrate. So that that was one of the first times I've kind of experienced that where I'm like trying to do other life stuff while I'm also doing contracting. But now I'm kind of in this, uh, I'm back to doing whatever. So yeah. And so do you feel like that's something that you want to kind of keep doing here and there is picking up small projects like that um, while you're not like in a full time company kind of situation? I I guess like I wanted to try it out here because I switched full on into beer finder mode, you know, for the yeah. past couple months. Like I was really going at that full time. And yeah, over even over the past couple of weeks, like just and during this contract, like stepping away from it, I'm kind of have a, a different outlook on it. And and also the landscape is changing a lot in this time. And And part of what we needed to wait for is just see like, you know, like our next steps were kind of dictated by what happened with the market opening back up and or the economy and and all that. So so I feel like it was kind of needed uh anyway to Got to kind of just stop going all in on this thing. Um but yeah. I guess that didn't answer your question. Yes, probably will <laughs> uh but like I also don't want to only be contracting. Like I yeah. I really do want to start my own thing. Um and you know we'll get into more about like beer finder and where it's at like uh but you know it might not be like you know i've said it's kind of a stepping stone project uh or it has that potential anyway and so you know might be looking at what's next soon um got it and so i mean well why don't while we're on it why don't you tell us a little bit about like have you been working on it in uh, outside of the contract as well like what's going on in kind of the beer finder world so it's kind of bittersweet because like on July 1st, we um, had our free trials like convert over and we only had two like customers yeah. that actually converted. But right there, that was like our first money in the bank that cool. we hadn't had that ever yeah. before. Like I, that's, I know that was a huge win for, for me to say that we actually were able to, uh, you know, one of my goals for the year was just to like charge somebody a dollar before the end of the year basically um so that you know on on something that i've built or that you know was not just contracted for someone else right so that that was super cool um but at the same time like there's this declining like traffic website traffic and uncertainty around the future of this and and also like i said before kind of the the breweries are mostly not set up in this position to actually like move forward with a monthly cost right so it's this kind of weird you know bittersweet uh feeling so yeah and then and then even just like i don't know getting back from from vacation um i don't know i just like i guess i (laughs) you know don't know where what the team's been doing on stuff and got uh, it and so it's you know i kind of was under the impression we were gonna like keep moving forward but um on on stuff but right now i'm not sure where that's at so i i wanted to have like a call today about that we mm-hmm. have our weekly beer finder call usually we canceled last week while this was all going on but yeah uh kind of prefaced with like hey i want to check in on like why I'm not seeing like social media posts and, and like where sales and outreach are. And I tried to, I don't know, word it in kind of a nice way of like, uh, you know, just like what, what, what can I do to support or like, 
let's figure out where we're at with this project. Yeah. And yeah, n- nobody showed up to the call. So. Oh gosh, I'm really sorry to hear that. That's yeah. Yeah. It's just a huge That's bummer, tough. and I wasn't really. I'm not sure. Like, I wasn't sure whether to talk about it on here. Um, yeah. But I'm also just trying to be like pretty transparent with like the ups yeah. and downs of this whole adventure. And so right now that's, you know, that's a weird one. It's uh, and I could be just, you know, maybe they f- flubbed the call or maybe they misread my preface message that was like, you know, sound or took it defensively or something. Um, so Yeah, I guess it's one of those things where like, I mean, don't spend too much time like worrying about the why in your head, like I think that the best that you can do is try to figure that out through like conversation, right? It's really going to be the only way to solve kind of what's going on. But yeah, mm-hmm. I feel you like, I think we've all been in situations like that in some form or another where there's like something that, you know, you feel quite connected to and then maybe other people who you feel should be don't maybe show up in the way that you're expecting. So yeah, I'm sorry. That's pretty tough. Yeah, it's a, it's okay. I mean, it's, um, yeah, I could also be reading this wrong. Um, so we'll see. I don't yeah, know. Maybe I'll fair. cut this out. <laughs> but um, well, time will tell. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like, yeah, I think going. I've learned a lot about just you know, it's it's. This has been one of the biggest challenges of this whole project was like working with has been working with other people on it and and finding a way that that makes sense in terms of like equity ownership or like who does what do we you know and i, I think i don't know it, it's uh it's really challenging to like pick that and uh and then just like move forward with that so yeah i mean i guess like really your only option is like you go through these things and you learn from it like there's really no other there's no other way to learn right and it's never going to go perfectly so it's just like mm-hmm. take that for what it is yeah, and I guess I want to be clear. Like, I'm. I don't think that I necessarily made like the bad choice, or like, I don't think I necessarily made uh, the wrong choice in in people. But I, I do think that probably it would be a way better thing to to just like spend some money, hire people, and see how that goes to start, and then just talk about equity versus like completely like starting from like oh uh, I can't pay you right now but I'll pay you in uh, yeah. percentage of this thing that's kind of worth nothing and and so it's this hard like thing like I think that's a learning that I'm taking from this uh, yeah. as well I guess because it, you really need people to be equally or more invested because the reality is is like if they value it at nothing then like it's it's not worth their time you know at some point right so like you really need people to be like as passionate about the vision of it as you are, I guess, in situations like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I'm, you know, also because it's this two things too, of like the environment as well, like with the, you know, the way the, um, the economy opening up and like traffic going down and those types of things, it's been pretty tricky to, like stay completely motivated and really truly believe in something when you know it's sunny out and like even i want to go and just like have a beer on a patio Mm -hmm. and that stuff and you know like that's kind of it's just the world is changing so yeah it's you know it's also like maybe just need to think about more like i i've i've thought this before like we're trying to change behavior with this app and it's like finding something that is actually there that uh, to kind of like ride a wave that's gonna last a long time or or setting up to for success in the long term not just short term 
Um, right. And I think, I mean, I think you did what made a lot of sense given the environment, like when you started beer finder, but it was very much like, yeah, a thing that we really have no idea how things are going to change or open or not open or like how scared people would be to go to patios. And like, yeah. So I think you'll have, it's, I think it's one of those things where, yeah, it's going to take some time to see like what this environment looks like and what you might be able to do with that in the same space if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have no idea where that will end up or like how much to devote to that now and and also just need to have those conversations too. And so um, TBD on a lot of that. But yeah, right yeah. now, just like a weird feeling of like, ah, you know, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, like deflating slightly. Uh, right. And now actually like the the bad part of like having money like coming in is like now we have some obligations towards like right customers um so so making sure that we can meet that or you know it's not a huge deal to say like you know yeah like if we have to turn that around that's one of the smallest concerns but it is a bit like uh it just feels like that's probably more of a an ego thing if i'm looking at it more objective or from the outside it's like not actually a big concern so yeah that's fair well yeah sometimes our ego gets the best of us yeah yeah definitely um so I don't know. That, I think that's kind of like most of where I'm at. Got <laughs> it's it, a got it. weird spot, but let's, uh, what about you? What's going on? Well, um, it's been like a weird couple of weeks, I guess. Um, for some reasons that I'm sure you're slightly aware of, and I, I don't want to get like t- really deep into it, but I would say that like a lot of my focus and energy in the past two weeks has been surrounding some like, a previous organization that we worked at and a lot of things that have like come out in the media and just like certain feelings that I have about how they treat employees and activities going on there. And I I don't really want to say too much more about it, but just that like, these are feelings that I've held for like a really long time and things kind of finally started coming to head in media and like with more people paying attention to it and like them actually being under a microscope. And so I have dedicated, uh, I wouldn't say an inappropriate amount of time, though some people probably would say, but a very large amount of my time um, towards this effort of, um, I guess, just awareness of what's going on. Um, So that has been a big chunk of my time, but that's not all that I've been doing. Um, So I wrote some notes just about kind of like a couple things also that have been going on. So I guess the first thing is like an update on learning. So the last time we were talking, I... I had a lovely plan to do like an hour a day. I've been just working on a JavaScript course. So I have definitely have not been doing the hour a day, but I've been trying to get through like a module a week of this course. And that's been Mm -hmm. going pretty well. Um, So just kind of like finding time where I have it. Um, Yeah, I think it's just, it feels like one of those things like Spanish where I just have to integrate it where it makes sense in my life. I'm definitely not like, I'm not the most structured person. I'm very far from the most structured person. I tend to just like go with how I feel, which I know most people would not recommend as a strategy, but it's just, I don't know. That's just kind of how I am. Um, so I've been working a bit on that. And then outside of that, like uh, within my day job, but also outside of my role, there's been like two things that I've been working on. So the first one is um, we started like a women in engineering committee at work, mm-hmm. um, specifically like focusing on how do we make this a better organization for women 
to exist in for women to want to work here like what is the current state what does our ideal state look like so that's been a really really cool experience and also to like uh like be clear i am not an engineer but i fit in because my role is within like the technology department so Mm -hmm. i'm 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 part of the technology department which is how i fit into that so Um, it's kind of women in like tech as well like in general yeah exactly and so this has been so cool mainly because i think it's like first and foremost it really has created a community like just bringing together all of the and i shouldn't just say women because it's it's basically any non-male so anyone who doesn't identify as male is is welcome and and as part of this initiative and so it's been really interesting to um be able to connect with all of those individuals within the organization i feel like i've created like all these interesting connections in places where i didn't have them before um and it sometimes like it makes it easier to reach out into certain parts of the organizations or have conversations or ask hard questions or whatever it is. Um, it makes it a little bit less intimidating. And it's also just, it feels like there's so much more of a support system there now, but on a more tangible note, like we, like we've been very structured about the committee and we're kind of working on, um, this framework right now, which is, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called like a growing to wow framework. Maybe you've heard of it because you worked at Ecobee before. I don't think I have generally it's a it's applied to like products that you're developing and there's there's basically like different tiers of it so it would be like uh the features that fit within like our bare bones idea of the product our utilitarian version of it are like i think it's like competitive and then like disruptor so we've basically like broken that down into like different categories around like community and recruiting and like all of these different kinds of like areas and trying to really define like what does an organization look like if you're meeting like the bare bones idea of just like we call it the just like you should be fucking doing it basically like around like supporting women in the workplace all the way to like being a disruptor so like what what would it look like for our organization to be the organization that people look to um as a role model in this space um so we're working on kind of formalizing all of that at least the subcommittee i'm on is um and really like in terms of next steps like presenting that upward to upper management and like really getting their buy-in and having this be part of like not only just like a side thing but the work that we're actually evaluated on like in addition to our day jobs uh because it's like it's such an important thing um and yeah, I think there's like a lot of work to be done and it it is interesting and still disturbing to hear people's stories as non-males in the workplace and the things that they go through right around you that you don't see or like, yeah. So um, that's been like a pretty cool thing that I've been working on. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, I've definitely um, been shocked by just, yeah, the, the stories that come out um, of like, I don't know, gender treatment in, in the workplace and, and stuff that just, goes un- unspoken and you know again living in a, a bubble i like was unaware of before until maybe like the me too movement even came out and like that um you know you hear many cre- just like unbelievable stories to me uh but that are like commonplace uh i i also understand that it's probably not the entire point of what you were just just saying though is like yeah it's just really um yeah, I don't know. Really um, great that you have an initiative to have purpose for like moving this forward so that you, you know, can, you know, shape the culture. I think we've yeah. talked about this before of just um, actually 
you need to like have a, you know, have it almost in writing or at least a clear vision of where you want the culture to be if you're going to get it there, especially if it's not there already. You can start with like, uh, I mean, I know, you know, a, com- a company like uh, Ecobee has values and, and that, but also kind of just what are we working towards? Because you might have your values, but you also have to kind of like make sure that you're working towards improving them or improving the culture. Yeah. And I, and I should be clear, like, especially because I'm talking about my employer, this isn't coming from a, a place where I, I, like I'm of the opinion that like Ecobee is a bad place to work for women. That is like definitely not what I'm saying. I think like in terms of organizations I've worked, it's, it's, I would just say no different than most. Do you know what I mean? Just like very similar, which is like not particularly bad, but there's, there's still gaps. And so I think like some interesting areas, for example, are like, there are no females in technology above a manager level. And there are very few at a manager level. And, you know, we've actually like integrated HR into some of this where it's like, you know, they really actively try to recruit females at this level. And it's, it's difficult to find them. Like they, they don't exist. And so it's like, okay, so then what do we need to do as an organization to get females to that level? Like we need then accelerated paths for females that you're bringing in at junior level. So we don't have this like disproportionate like situation where like, okay, we've brought in a bunch of females, but they're all junior developers. Like we need those people to feel like they, like there's opportunity for them to grow into, you know, like, um, uh, more senior positions as well. So interesting things around that. And then just like around where we recruit from, like, for example, most of our internships come from co-op programs, which are like computer science at universities. Well, like your pool is already dominated by males at that point. Right. So with a lot of, money because they're going to like a great school at right. Waterloo or something. So yeah. And like most of most, most junior positions, they get filled by people who've been in, in co-op. Right. And so, I mean, I think these are, these are the types of things that like they happen over time and they're not intentional, but they result in, in what we see and they result in, um, you know, people just not feeling like represented or supported in the workplace. And so I think, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really important to like take a critical look at those things. And even things like actually when I worked at click, I remember that people had brought forward that they felt that there was a pay discrepancy, um, based on race and gender and click actually, they went ahead and they like did a whole like study or like not a study, but I mean, they like did the analysis on all the salaries and they were like, you're right. There is, and it's honestly, it's it. Unfortunately, it's like I don't think it's because anyone sat down and was like, I would like to pay minorities and women less. It's just a subconscious thing that happens over time because of just how we, the biases that we have. And what mm-hmm. they did is they actually like adjusted it and retroactively paid everyone. And I'm just like, it's one of those things where like the questions I ask is like, has that been done in this organization? Is anyone even aware? Like, do do we even know what's under the covers? And the answer is no. Like we don't. And maybe all is well, but we should probably know one way or the other. Um, and then, that's, yeah, I think the, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Just, uh, I think that's a really great initiative. And like you said, just shedding light on that. I've definitely seen hiring practices in and been involved in like hiring for roles, uh, that were like looking for a senior developer and, you know, you're struggling to find someone who will be at the, like, um, like we've maybe even had the intention of like hiring, women uh into certain roles but like it was harder to find them who are at the level that we needed for performance but also you know just taking a step back of like well can we bring uh either our current employees or or bring people in and then get them trained up 
yeah. uh, to that level. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I've worked with some badass uh, women developers um, who meet that criteria. But of also course. when you're looking at there's like um, a smaller pool or at least maybe we're just not looking in the right places too. Yeah. Because I yeah, know I, that can be... It's interesting. Like it's harder I was, to recruit uh, yeah, because I you're was, going to the places that work, you know, because right. they're giving you people. Right. Um, but it's it's the same type of people. Yeah. So. It like it doesn't feel broken until you get like further down the line and you kind of like see like the bigger picture of like what you've recruited in. And I don't think that's like to anyone's fault. But I think the last like interesting thing also is that um, one thing I, I learned recently from a speaker who was at our work, who was, who was uh, speaking primarily about, um, well, I would say entirely about let's say primarily about anti-black racism, but he was talking about how a lot of these like women in the workplace initiatives, like they primarily benefit white women. And so I also like have to keep in mind that like, yes, I am the mi- a minority in the space, but I'm also like a white woman. So I, and the, and a lot of us are, you know? And so I, I'm really thankful to be with a group of people who are also very conscious of the fact that like any, um, any like goals or anything that we put in place has like, like those intentions baked into it that like what we're doing is not successful. Even if we get to a place where it's 50% women, like if the majority of those women is white, like we do not consider that a success. And so, um, yeah, we're we're trying to be mindful of that and work alongside people who know a lot better than I do. Um, yeah. Man, people problems are the hardest problems. It's never, (laughs) you know, the actual, engineering uh challenges or like building the things or what like the the products and stuff it's always you know the yeah the people challenges the communication um i mean in this case communication and structure uh yeah which you know just kind of naturally takes place yeah it's uh it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those things too, where it's like you really need to ensure you're in a place where your upper management genuinely feels that this is an issue that like, it's genuinely an issue for us to not have a diverse workplace. Like they, they need to truly, truly believe that they will benefit from having a diverse workplace. Otherwise I just think that these initiatives don't work. Um, yeah. That's just kind of like a thought from me. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then what else I've also, I've been on a lot of committees lately. I've, I've, uh, I'm also working, I'm on the the committee for the hackathon at work. So it's going to be our first like remote hackathon and we've changed the format a bit. So that's been fun. There's nothing too groundbreaking to say there other than like, I've, I've never actually been involved in a hackathon. Um, I oh, know really? you No, never, because I don't know it. It always feels like a weird place for non-developers, even though I know people always say like they're welcome. It just, it feels weird. No, um, you're, you're right. Even when we were doing them like at, at Ecobee in the early days, um, you know, we would say like non-developers come and join and help. And, but it, it just, uh, it didn't work out like, yeah. so easily as so, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So what's interesting actually about this one is that we're doing like just a one day hackathon. So it's, it's almost makes it harder for people to go down the route of building out a full product, like from a development standpoint. And that actually a lot of what people might come up with are like process improvements or prototypes or whatever it is. So we'll see how it goes, but I think it's also interesting. Like I've seen some people with potential ideas who are picking up, um, there's a couple different, like apps. So like within the office 365 suite, they have, 
um this they have power apps which is essentially like a drag and drop app builder but like good enough for people to prototype things and then there's one oh i'm blanking on the name right now it's not acorn but i feel like it starts with an a um it's by amazon um anyways amazon has a similar like drag and drop app builder i'll have to grab the name Hmm. after but i cannot remember it for the life of me um so like yeah but i think a lot of people are not aware of those different options or like that it doesn't need to be like a full developed product to be in a hackathon um so yeah i'm hoping that like this is my first time on the committee but i'm hoping to like try to push forward initiatives on bringing in non-technical people um to the hackathon in like future um is the yeah amazon honey code yes honey code Honey code, honeycomb. What is it? Honey, honey code. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like some people on my team were kind of building out a, a a preliminary product with that. Huh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No code movement, I guess. The or that's what it's labeled as the no oh, code yeah. kind of. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like I feel like I've tried the Microsoft one before, and it's just like anything I put together was just so painfully slow that i'm like i wouldn't even use this so i really don't want to build something in it like i just there was i couldn't even like pay them money to be like make it faster like it was just i couldn't it was not possible um but actually i think the amazon run the amazon one at least the app that i tested on it was like it ran smoothly like as expected you know um yeah so that was good yeah i've always wanted to play more with uh some of those different options um like just kind of get into that ecosystem because I don't know, I just built this bespoke like shopping cart checkout experience and like it took a month of work and it, yeah. um, and there may be ways to build that that are no code or low code or maybe take advantage of those. I, I, I look though at some of the stuff that I, you know, had to build and I was like, I don't know if you could do that or yeah. like what that would look like um, in terms of, reliability but I, i'm con i follow a few people who are kind of like at the top of that um i don't know like championing that movement yeah and seeing the things that they build and put together or showcase this guy ben tossel uh is always like um talking about building like airbnb clones and stuff like that oh. where you're like damn that would like really <laughs> I yeah I don't know that would take so long to make yeah. but you can just like kind of snap things together. I'm curious. Um, I should like look into him a little bit more. Um, especially because like I've just I've always been like quite a tinkerer. So like uh, I've I've done a lot of things, which is kind of just like stitching together a bunch of different platforms and systems to achieve things. Like even now, sometimes I'll set up automations for like certain teams at work. And there'll be things that they thought like, oh, there's no way that we could do this without either building a custom solution or paying for an app. And then I'll like, you know, just like stitch something together. But I think that the part that is always like, when people are like, oh, how did you do that? I'm like, I really don't want to show you because it's like, it's like, a, it's kind of a shit show behind the scenes, you know, but like it works and like nobody will, nobody's the wiser. So I don't know. I do these things all the time. I think that's what... I get the feeling of is like I've I have seen some of the you know if you're working with um, Zapier and yeah. those types of things and some of them let you like inject your own JavaScript in the middle of things and like then you're just storing code in in the browser like not under uh, version control or anything yeah. and and some of it definitely gives me like you know oh god that's uh, yeah, Horrible. that's fair. But I guess but. like for me, when it's things like we need to remind everyone Monday at 9 a.m. that they are the person on stand up that week and we just want to rotate through a list of people and 
doesn't make no, sense absolutely. for anyone to, you know, like then in that case, it's for just internal like, tools. yeah, yeah. So I enjoy doing that kind of stuff, but I definitely always feel like when people ask about it, I'm like, Ooh, uh, like, I don't know if you want to see it, <laughs> but, um, anyways, it's fun. Uh, Do you, yeah. like if you've built things like that, would you document it though to, you know, if you laugh, like, I'm curious what that yeah. even looks like of, you know, you're going to have to go into this system and then there's a toggle here, but then go to Airtable and that's where the data is. And I mean, it's a bit like that with code, but I guess it's all usually checked in somewhere. Not yeah, necessarily like, because you do have like architecture diagrams and they may be completely separate uh, services that you're working with. So it's a bit of the same challenge, I guess. Totally. At least for like the squad that I've worked with, because I've exited now for, for most of the automations that I've set up, I've just written like documentation on it because there's also certain things like we'll do something on our team and then other squads will be like, Oh, like how I'm so curious how you could do that. Or like, you know what I mean? Like just certain random things that we've set up. So I usually just write out documentation on how it's done. And then for the squad itself, they'll have access to like, just go edit it if they need to. Um, yeah. But like, they're the kinds of things that like, like you probably will need to edit them at some time at some point because like team members will come and go and things like that. So like, it's not hard to edit. It's just probably like, you know, when you dig into it, you would probably think like, Oh, I could just build this. It's like, man, but it's already there, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, that's the whole problem of that's the, that's the developer problem. It's like, yeah. we just want to build everything. And like, yeah. you should probably just focus on kind of core competencies uh, and like, I think internal tools are a really good use for for some of these uh, no code toolings or low code or whatever because you can actually, um, you know, if it breaks, it's not your end users or like nobody's paying you money for that necessarily. That like uh, if it goes down, so it's, yeah, uh, it's it's lower funny. Risk. I was like I was like speaking with somebody from a squad. I can't remember what the issue was exactly, but basically, like they were like we need people to like fill out a form every time they do this request and we want it to like automatically like create a, and just like so complicated, just like mm -hmm. they wanted to build it this whole like custom thing and asked me how they could like integrate it with Jira and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, why don't you, why don't you just make a Microsoft form and do it manually and like see if anyone uses it. And mm -hmm. like if, if, if for some reason that doesn't work, uh, maybe build a better solution, but like that probably will work. And they're like, it's so funny. How, like we literally were talking about, it. they're like, it's so funny how you just, the way I think me personally is like, I just think of like what tools exist and how do you use them? And the way that this guy thinks is very much like, how do I build this? And it's just, we just come at it from different angles. Right. Um, yeah. 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 I think it can be a curse to, to <laughs> think like a developer uh, or think of like as a builder because yeah. you know, uh, every everything looks like a nail when all you have is a hammer you know yeah, like yeah, that yeah. saying like and yeah you just like maybe not the right tool for the job like code can be the wrong tool for the job uh or at least custom bespoke code versus like i i think you just sometimes have to make concessions or you need to yeah. know like what those trade-offs are like yeah you know are there going to be a million people using this does it need to scale up like yeah. maybe then you need to do something custom but like if you know it's a team of 10 people then you you know and it doesn't need like a specific user interface and uh like that was a whole part of why the checkout that we just built was for, for on that contract like it needed specific ui it had very specific like product bundling features and and things like that but you know 
had they been able to maybe make different concessions, uh, we could have slapped it into a Shopify store and kind of done it that way. It would have been awkward, but you're proving it out. Um, Yeah, exactly. So, so it really kind of, but I think they're at the point too, where they proved out like they have, you know, revenue and they've proved out, um, maybe an early version of this and then they're going to that next part. And the same could be true if you're doing something with no code, like you build a totally, you know, Airbnb of whatever in no code and you do get scaling problems. That probably means you have a ton of users now and you're probably getting money and that can hire you some developers. (laughs) But money. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Fair. Yeah. And then go ahead. Sorry. I just, um, in all this talk about, uh, like women in engineering and, and whatever. Gabby uh, started her new job this week. and Yeah, uh, I saw that. So, so I guess it's day three there. now? It's day three today. Yeah. Cool. And I guess uh, she's working from home, yeah? Working from home. It's like a permanently work from home, you know, with oh. just going to the office uh, here and there once it opens. But yeah, it's like a permanent work from home position. So cool. she's still, yeah, definitely just getting started in it. But it's been... Uh, cool to see her kind of yeah. on this journey and like actually you know it all happened pretty quickly so yeah for those people who don't know give like a quick rundown of like when you say the journey like yeah the journey of basically from she was planning to quit her job around december or january and she ended i think it was in like mid-february that she ended up finally quitting it she had yeah. taken a couple like part-time courses i think the first time that she ever touched like uh html or css or anything was about a year ago when she did like a one day workshop or like a couple hours workshop and like kind of was like that was cool yeah. i remember us talking like back then about well maybe she'll get into project management or maybe right, get right, into right. maybe she will like coding so go and try that a bit more and then found the boot camp program at hacker you slash juno college and yeah um did the part-time courses which you have done i think one of them to yeah. this point yeah and then you know after you know kind of engaging with that pretty well d- you know decided to go all in on their nine week boot camp i believe and then came out within a couple of weeks getting a job and yeah uh you know it's cool and she's yeah uh her other it's a weird time to be looking for jobs and starting jobs i think it's been it's actually been pretty relaxed apparently getting into this like ver- because you know everyone's remote and there's yeah you're not really rushing to they're not throwing her on to like you got to ship production code today it's kind yeah. of like a bit of a slower start which as a both a, as a junior but also just like getting your yeah um i don't know kind of like getting your feet wet in this remote weird world right, of onboarding yeah. it's uh it's nice to not have to like rush into things so. yeah that's so cool it's like definitely inspiring and i hope that anyone who wants to take a path like that can see that like if you really really put in the work and you want to do something like that that like you know if you really go all in for a year like you could find yourself in the same position which i think is pretty cool yeah i encourage anyone who wants to like learn how to code i I saw someone on reddit sorry to like take this tangent no go for it um but like i saw someone on reddit who was asking about like it was on the personal finance canada reddit i think uh subreddit and they were just asking like i want to switch careers what's a good career to kind of think about and then someone you know said coding and then someone was like don't go to coding it's overrated there's no jobs there's no like it's all 
at its peak now uh, and all this stuff. And as, and like, it's not what it used to be like for people who uh, got in, in like 2013, 2014, they're all set. But now, and I was just like, it's not like this at all. Like I, yeah, I'm seeing people that Gabby's graduating with, like finding good jobs out of yeah. this class. And like, this is in the middle of like a pandemic recession, basically. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I just like got all worked. Yeah, up about and I, it. I work with um, multiple people at like what I would argue like Ecobee is like a good company to work for. Um, mm-hmm. And I work with multiple people who've come from boot camps and like, yeah, um, I think it's like it, more than possible to find a good and well-paying job. Still, there's at least in Toronto. Like, I'm very much speaking for Toronto. There are a lot of jobs here. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I yeah, I think it does depend where you are. But also the remote c- system like right. opening up a bit more too. I think that more are popping up. So or more yeah. employers are willing to take a chance on that. So yeah, that's fair. Um, but anyway, back to you. Sorry, I like took over. No, I mean I think it. that's like really kind of like the bulk of of what's been going on. Um, yeah, I think I have I have one more thing, but I'm actually going to save it for for next week or on Sunday, um, just to see what progress happens before I chat about it a little bit more. Very Suspense. cool. Yeah, I like that. Leave <laughs> all right. you all waiting. Uh, I don't know how to build suspense. Suspense. A, you've done a good job. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, um, why don't you tell people where they can find us? They can find us on Twitter at WorkPals. Cool. Awesome. That's it. <laughs> That's it. All right. Take care. Okay, you do. Bye. Bye. It's my mouse.